baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up, and your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. What's driving the conversation in California today? Every weekday at this time, we explore a topic that's making news in our state. This is the State of California. Good afternoon. This is the State of California. Doug Sovereign is on vacation. There is an emergency te- emerging technology that California is considering to combat global warming. The idea is to capture carbon dioxide from oil refineries and store it underground. This comes as the state is working to finalize its climate plan, which could possibly rely on this new technology dubbed CCS. But many environmentalists are not on board with this idea. They say it could actually increase oil production. For more on this, we are joined live today on the KCBS Ring Central Newsline by Daniel Kamen, professor of energy at UC Berkeley and science envoy for the U.S. State Department. Thank you so much for your time, Professor. Tell us exactly what CCS is. How does that work? So the idea is CCS, which stands for Carbon Capture and Storage, is that at a facility that is pumping oil out of the ground or even a facility that doesn't, say a big underground cavern, um, you are pumping carbon the other way. So you take a pipeline from a power plant or industrial facility, you send it to that site, and then you store, hopefully forever, but there are some questions, that carbon underground. And just to to throw all the acronyms out there at once, that that's CCS. The other thing that's in discussion, although not actively in California, is CCUS, and that's carbon capture and utilization. So you capture carbon, you store some of it, but maybe other amounts of the carbon you make into bricks or you make into roofing shingles. Right now, we're only talking about CCS, just burying it underground, but there's a conversation coming about the usage levels, too. So this process is forcing pressurized carbon dioxide into old wells but then drillers can use that to flush out crude that otherwise would stay there, correct? That's right. And this is where the discussion gets contested. And I definitely myself have a personal opinion on it. But the argument is that even if we were to convert all of our energy use to renewables overnight or over a decade or whatever else, we still have a need to... um, have some industrial uses of carbon for making plastics on the products. And so we need to find a way to balance that. And a recent study in 2020 came up with, just in California, something like 75 facilities around the state, some that make cement, some that are natural gas power plants, some that are refineries, some that might make hydrogen, that could all do this. And as you said, the challenge, and this is where I personally am not a fan, is that people who say we need absolutely to do CCS, carbon capture and storage, are saying by pulling that carbon out, we are going to help to ultimately balance 
the facilities that we have to run and so they can be closer and closer to carbon neutral, right? If you were to bury as much as you admit that facility, except for some of the upstream things, would be carbon neutral. The problem is that most of the facilities that want to do it are ironically like places um, such as the Elk Hills facility east of Bakersfield in uh, California. And that is a place where by pumping that carbon underground, you put more pressure into the well, and what that means is you can extract more oil. And so I've seen a number of these facilities, one in Norway, one in Algeria, a discussion for another one in Pennsylvania, one in southern Canada near Woburn. And in all of those places, they have extracted additional oil. So from my analysis, these are not actually carbon negative. These are things that enhance our ability to get more oil out of the ground. Is there an unintended consequence for storing carbon dioxide underground? I'm thinking of aquifers and wells, things like that. Mm. Well, it's a good, good question. So, I mean, technically, if you store carbon underground, for example, in an aquifer, what you do is you make carbonated water, right? Something that we all buy and drinks in various ways. So if it was a pure stream of CO2 you're putting under, you wouldn't be doing anything that inherently makes the, you know, pollutes the system. The problem is that that's not the reality in the sense that when you're burying carbon, there's often impurities because oil wells are dirty facilities. And the more oil and gas production you do, the more demand there is for water, the more surface leakages we get. And so it is not a clean process. I mean, we all have driven by oil refineries. We've smelled them. We've seen runoff. And so it is something that has environmental externalities. And in particular, it has environmental justice or racial externalities because the overwhelming numbers of our facilities tend to be near poor communities, communities of color, marginalized communities. And so they absolutely get a first dose of all of the negatives, those negative externalities, the negative aspects of this process. So it's not a clean process, but it, it could also not be practical, right? Because they are talking not about burying this stuff at the side of the oil refineries, but building big pipelines and, and piping it to facilities in the Central Valley, which sounds extremely expensive. Well, so sort of yes and no. I mean, a number of the facilities where you would do it already are, for example, in Kern County and places where we already uh, do oil and gas exploration. And it is certainly not cheap. Um, right now, the estimates are that carbon capture is one of the most expensive ways to offset. Uh, just put it in, to put it in context, some of the cheapest ways to offset or to bury carbon are to actually invest in nature, so-called nature-based solutions where we protect forests from logging or we grow crops or grow trees on degraded land. Those are some of the cheapest practices. And then in terms of avoiding emissions, investing in renewable energy is the next cheapest. Um, and then only after that do we get to carbon capture, the CCS process. That's one of my arguments against but there are many people, many experts who are very positive on this, and their argument is that, well, we haven't done much of it yet, so the more carbon capture we do, the more we'll get better at it, the more price will come down, and because they view this as a critical part of the set of solutions, 
Their argument is we need to learn and we will make it a more efficient and cheaper process. So it is not cheap today, but there are certainly advocates who see this as a critical part of the equation going forward. Well, thank you so much for joining us. Our guest, Daniel Kamen, professor of energy at UC Berkeley and a science envoy for the U.S. State Department. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did.